0: Hey everyone and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is two guys, a league, and some guests. Let's get it started.
1: Like it, it started out, but yeah, yeah. Like like man. My dad had a great night on Wednesday and really caught up to me. And he stayed within three points yeah. from that moment on. And it made the rest of the week really yeah. interesting. You guys had a really good week. Um entertainment wise. And
0: both and, and, Bo- and- and both sets of our goaltenders really didn't do all that well either. I mean, no I know words. we're going digging deep into the stats there, but for both of us, for it was kind it. of a bit bit shoddy.
1: Oh no, sorry, that's my week. I had a very good goalie week, six and five. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you guys, you guys hit. Oh my goodness, you're right, eh? Nothing and nothing, nothing, nothing and two, nothing. Wow,
0: nothing from our goalies by.
1: <laughs> Holy mo, okay. I by the, I think we're in it now. By the way, I've, at this point now, when I edit the show, we're in it. So. Um, yeah, yeah, no worries, think, no worries. Like, I, I think this week in particular, because Joel took a hit, obviously, and I'm not sure where or why. Oh, okay, McDavid and Backstrom. But yeah, Backstrom fell back on the IR. That was a bit of a yeah, I know, a, a bit of a surprise. I didn't see that coming. A um, little bit, a little bit. And Pedersen, for some reason, he's injured as well. Out until January. 11th. So yeah, so my brother, you know, usual stuff. Like he got it's injuries that's hurting him the most. It's not he doesn't have a bad team. It's just got injuries. So now the standings are going to be really interesting because yeah, you're basically so yeah, your game so everything is more or less done. So Joel lost; he's eight and four. You won; you're eight and four. So now there's a two-way tie for first in our division. I won; I'm now seven and five, only one game behind, which is ridiculous to say. And our particular
0: division got tighter this week. Oh yeah, with your with your brother losing, and then the 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 rest of the three of us you, me, and Ryan we all won. So we caught yeah. up. So Ryan's um, now only two
1: games behind. I'm only one game behind, and you're tied with Joel. So our division, that's, that's pretty sick. But Tom? Yeah.
0: No doubt. And, and as, for the, uh, as for the midseason draft, if uh, all my calculations are correct, and if I'm using the correct system, which is points four, mm-hmm. I believe your first overall pick will fall to... Um, Scott with the Royals. Now, I'm not sure if he still owns that pick or not. I have to double-check that. And then we're followed up by the Pawn Hogs, Bucks, Cougars, yourself, the, uh, which I believe I own that pick, um, yeah. myself, which I believe Jason owns that pick, uh, your brother, the Apocalypse, Apocalypse, and the Demons at number one. So there you go. Scott still There's has your, uh, his
1: first overall, so he's still good there. Uh, so yeah, well, basically so the looks like the he's first get round it. dragons have brigands, pawnhogs have dragons. So, there you go. So there's a bit of a swap there. You're gonna be fine, obviously. so so yeah, but and then second round apocalypse have bucks and then pawnhogs have apocalypse. And then third. It is round, going round, to be one hell of a midseason, by the way, buddy. This one's
0: kind it's of gonna be a hell of a midseason. It, I feel it's juicy. This, it's this real one, juicy. I,
1: I can't remember one being as impactful as this one. Um yeah, for in. a lot of reasons. Because there's there's not much separating, especially in our division, there's not much separating first and last. Um at this point, no, I, I honestly with Tom sitting at 10 and 2 and in the division that he's in, I have a hard time believing anyone's gonna gonna catch him. Am I is that well and does that, it, and, and does it feel con- a little bit not this, I don't want to say the word unfair because at the end of the day we're all responsible for our teams, we're all responsible for our wins, but sitting at 10 and 2 you know and he's he's in the division that he's in where there's, he's got two teams that are 9 and 10 now like does it feel he's
0: got a five he's got a five game lead on the division a five game lead on the division bud like come on <laughs> so and
1: overall
0: hey listen i mean I, go ahead i i've made my overtures in regards to um uh switching up the divisions and Maybe there's, I don't want to say the word balance because it is a little bit cyclical as well, just depending on where the teams are at. And, I mean, if we're making the argument for both sides, like, yes, I could potentially see a little bit of a shaking up of the divisions. But, I mean, it just so happens right now where our division, and we knew this going into the year. All, all four of us knew it going into the year. We were all on an upward swing. We all felt that we had a team that could do damage. So now you have one complete division yeah. that is all all over, like adding yeah. through trades, whatever the case may be. And, of course, you have, to, as we've had all year, you have basically two defined teams, and they just happen to be in the same division. Yeah. So. I mean, we can kind of see what's going on. I mean, Tom is is
1: obviously taking advantage of his divisional matchups, and should be. I don't even but... want to say the word that he's taking advantage of it, other than he's not that not that he's not taking. Sorry. Let me rephrase that. He's not taking advantage of anything. He's running his team the same way anyone would on any other season. He's trying to win. That's it. There's no taking an advantage. He's just winning. That's it. Because he's in a shitty division. I think, to me, this points a finger at the system more than any team could do. Like, what's Tom supposed to do? Like, knowingly drop a week? He's not going to do that. That doesn't make any sense. You want to win every year.
0: Are you calling out the commissioner?
1: I, I'm not calling out the commissioner per se. I'm calling us all out because I think <laughs> this is a year where it's, a, it's it's never been this glaring that we can't have this. It, it can't It can't be like this because I'm sorry, like no disrespect to Tom, you know he's got a great team and everything. But at the end of the day, there's gonna be, in my mind, there's an asterisk next to the season. You want a season, sure. Ba- backed on a f- on four teams in one division, fifty percent of those ones tanking the season going into the season. Like that's that's an asterisk. Like you're you're playing, but I'll, but then I, what's the? Do you know what the? Let's not say tanking.
0: Let's go with having a rough go. <laughs> Fine, that's A, little, fair. Bit a rough,
1: little bit of a rough season. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Do you know offhand if? Do we split it up evenly like 50-50 or do you end up playing against your division that much more?
0: Um okay. If I'm not mistaken, uh Joel has it set up where uh obviously we know that we're heavy on our division, so of course when I when I mention he's taking advantage of it, he like he's doing what he should. Maybe I didn't right. word it properly. No, no, like, he's just, doing I, yeah, what he should. He yeah, he okay. he he's, he, he's, he's, he's He's doing what he should with his own division. He's got, like you say, half the teams are rebuilds. Yeah. So he's doing what he should be. Yeah. I know, If I'm not mistaken, Joel does have it set up a little bit where uh, it is a little bit of kind of strength of schedule. So if you are like the top team for like three and four years in a row, you will not play the bottom teams as much. So whoever is trending as a bottom team, so in this particular case, and I I won't go too far into it here for our listeners, but um, uh, Scott and and Jason are obviously rebuilding teams, so if we were to go through the schedule, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, Tom wouldn't be... P- well, okay, bad example with Tom because he's in the division, right? Right. But let's say somebody like maybe myself, uh, pick pick anybody from our division, really, mm-hmm. in particular Joel, because I know he won the championship right. last year. I don't believe there would be a lot of games where Joel's playing either the Pawn Hogs or uh, the Royals, okay. or at least not as many as, say... Maybe yourself, your team. Okay. Uh, again, not, not picking on anybody here. No, just no, no. Yeah. Going back up Going back off the standings, you didn't have as good of a year, so you were going to have more of an opportunity to have those easier matchups. So if I'm not mistaken, Joel has gotten a little bit uh, specific with it in that case over the years, uh, just to continue to offer that balance and uh, the parity, if you will. Okay. So I know that that's built into our system a little bit as
1: well. Okay. It sounds like we're doing the best we can with what we've got. I, I, we may come out of this season going, listen, guys, we may need to look at this a little bit. Maybe something gets done. Maybe nothing gets done. Maybe it's just one of those years where, you know, like good, you know, good for Tom. He got lucky this year and he got to to be stuck in a division where he's got two, two rebuilding teams. That being said, uh, I don't know that I've beaten him this year um so it's you know it's up to me to and us the rest of us like the all in our division to you know actually go after tom and, and beat him if we if we want to you know give ourselves an opportunity to win so there's an argument there for well sure. there's there's definitely a matchup to look forward to because if
0: i'm not mistaken next week tom and joel play each other so there's a couple of top teams that are going to go at it and You know, as much as I would hate to, uh, I'd hate to uh, back your brother on that one a little bit. You, you know, obviously I want the standings to get even tighter. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully I can do my own business and take care of what I got to take care of and keep pace. But I'd like to obviously see your brother maybe take down Tom next week. That'd be kind of nice. It helps
1: out the league or anyone who's hoping to be in contention towards the end of the season. So, Um. absolutely, absolutely. (coughs) So yeah, I mean we got a. A little bit caught up
0: here with the uh, no worries, no worries at all. A little bit caught up here with the uh, the league, and of course uh, the rundown of the uh, midseason draft here as well. So, guys, start doing your homework. You know who you are. Yeah, get it going.
1: So now we're gonna go around the league in uh, thirty plays. I don't know about that name still, but whatever it is, what it is for now. Um, That's all right. We'll figure something out. There's um. I mean, there's no hiding it. The Rangers, I think uh, you really wanted to get in on the Rangers. And I don't blame you. I mean, honestly, the Rangers, if I'm going to be open here, I've always loved the Rangers. They've been a team that I've always sort of gravitated to. One, my my uncle, who we were supposed to do the interview with, but unfortunately, COVID got in the way. And that, it's always been his favorite team as well. So the New York Rangers is just sort of this lure. I don't know. I've always loved them. And this year's no different.
0: Well, I mean, you know, here I am looking at the standings, I want to say like a a week, week and a half ago there, just a little bit before uh, last week's episode with uh, Scott. And, you know, here I am looking at the Rangers and they're kind of, you know, making a little bit of a climb here. And over the course of the next, you know, several days, they end up basically, there was one night I think they were actually the top team in the league. So, of course, I took a little bit of a deeper dive, right? Mm Because my initial reaction is like, okay, this team is doing a lot of damage right now. And they've got two prized prospects that are doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. And what I mean by and what I mean by that, folks, is in regards to actual production. I don't want to take anything away from the kids. I'll get into Caco a little bit here. Uh, I got into it a little bit a few weeks ago as well uh, with him, as a believe a beauty. Um, but anyway, to get into the Rangers, I mean, look, dude, um, sitting right now, or at least uh, before last night's any any of last night's games, uh, thirty five games played, twenty two wins, nine losses, four and over. Time uh, 48 points on the year. I mean, I put it down here real quick. This team has got an absolute embarrassment of riches on its roster. Uh, They're sitting fourth overall, if I'm not mistaken, in the current league standings. Uh, when you're sitting with both your power play and penalty kill in the top 10, mm-hmm. power play at power play ranked eighth at uh, 24.5, yeah. and they have the uh, league's fourth ranked penalty kill at 84.3 um and again like i said you're not getting much in the way of contributions here uh points wise from LeFreniere and uh, kako that's the 11 and 12 points each um from those two like you got to start to wonder here if these kids start to heat up in any way shape or form and and again like uh, uh, the little note about kako he's playing some very good defensive hockey which has allowed him to stay on the line that he's on because he kind of has no business being on that line with the production at the very least, but he's playing some really good defensive hockey. I mentioned that a few weeks ago, and that's giving him a little bit longer of a leash. Yeah. So, I mean, when you start to combine all of this, you know, with the elite goaltending that Shosturkin has given them, yeah. got 21 games played, 15 wins, 4 losses, 2 in overtime. Uh, here's some pretty, uh, pretty glaring stats for you. 2.09 GAA. And a 9.36 save percentage, so you know definitely like Vesna worthy numbers here. Yep. As long as uh, he doesn't miss too much time, uh, health wise, uh, with any kind of COVID issues. So I mean, you know, you're putting on top of that the, the play of Adam Fox as well. Yeah. And this is a, a defense, This is a defenseman that's leading the team in scoring. Okay. So.
1: It's to me. There's a lot of different ways you can look at this team and sort of pull an interesting stat and go, oh, well, geez, this is another reason why they're doing so good. And and, and honestly, while you were talking, I just it just caught my eye. I I can I had a hard time finding how many of these players are actually minus players. And out of 26, there's only nine players on this team that are minus players. Everybody else is plus. So I, I, the system is working so well right now everybody has bought into it clearly and everyone's chipping in and doing their part exactly where they're supposed to be doing it because when you've got a system that only allows or that only has midway through the season nine players that are minus players the rest of them are all pl- like pl- plus like some of them are even pretty pretty high there are two minus or plus 13 the the biggest minus i see is minus eight which is patrick patrick nemeth um but aside from that i mean these are all just some like he- small little numbers so it's pretty impressive
0: and he's he's and he's kind of an in and out of the lineup kind of guy, right? So you kind of expect it yeah. a little bit, kind of a sixth or seventh
1: defense. And you trip. don't, but and I mean, if you, you go through this list, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So I've got this categorized as points right now. You got you have to get to your tenth player for points before you hit a minus player, and that's Philip Scheidel. Scheidel, Ch- say it for me. Yeah. Philip Cheadle, thank you. <laughs> I missed you. <laughs> so like everybody, even Alex, Alex Lefernier is plus one. Then he got plus six and plus like. Anyways, I'm just getting at the the point that you know, coaching. says the the coach is doing an, a phenomenal job with this team, and 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 it shows in the standings. It shows everywhere. All goalies across the board. All three of them. I know there's a. Adam Huska, who played one game, didn't, you know, one game, let in seven goals. Okay, it's fine. But Keith yeah. Kincaid, played, Kincaid played one game. He only let in two. Um, Alexander Georgiev, he's got 276, 904. Like, it, it's just the system is obviously clicking for them. They're
0: definitely getting what they need, for sure. And, I mean, you and I had a chance to to chat about it a little bit online. Um You know when Gallant comes out this week, or I think it was last week, this week or last Mm -hmm. week, um, he comes out and he says, "Listen, these kids are going to play. They're like they're going to play." uh, So you're you're not you're not throwing a left in your air. You know I know he was on the fourth line I I think for a little bit and uh, you know I don't. Look, I don't think that's the worst no. thing in the face of the earth no. either, because you're, you're you're usually playing with some muckers, and they're you know they're they're getting in there, they're getting their nose dirty. They know that they're either in the lineup, out of the lineup, in the lineup, out of the line. So it's giving it's getting giving him some experience that way. But I mean, just knowing that he's playing these kids in roles where they can actually thrive, and he's giving them the leash that they yeah. need. Like obviously the team's doing well, they're they're, they're doing well. Regardless of the production that they are or are not providing, yeah. so you, you've got you've got a little bit of a um, you're kind of playing with house money here a little bit. Nice. So you can the leash the, le- the leash can be quite yep. long in regards to those two players. And and the thing of it is, is to me, the pedigree of both of those players look are. Even if they don't turn into superstar players, Mm -hmm. Marty, both of those players are going to be, you know, 10, 11, 12-year players in the league, 13-year players in the league, right? Unless something goes ridiculously wrong. So these two kids have got the pedigree to actually put up points in the league, and it's just a matter of time, really. I I
1: agree, because, like, what were we thinking here? Alex is... Jeez, how old is Alex? He can't be that old. Let me just have a quick look here. I want to say the kid's 20 or 21 years old, Max. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like... (laughs) Has he even technically hit an area where you can say, okay, he's in his prime? Is he not even maybe... Because if you're not a phenom right out of the gate, you're not really hitting your prime until you're 23, 24. And then you've got that little stretch before you're 30. And then you sort of tail off after that. So he it's it's still too early to tell. Oh, where's his age? Oh, come on. 20. He's 20. And, what the hell? And, and if... And if
0: I'm not mistaken, but Bo- I'd have to double check in particular Kako. I think maybe Kako came in one year beforehand. I can't remember, or they came in at the same time. But either way, I don't think either one of these players, along with many other young players, have really even had a normal regular season and playoff. Do you know what I You're mean? Right. Like, like they come mm-hmm. into bubble they come in the bubbles half of yeah. a, half of an arena, a whole yeah. arena, nobody in it's the true. arena. So That's a good point. like the, some of these guys haven't even experienced the normalcy of an NHL That's season. True. And, and what now that may change a little bit, even when we get back to normal, so to speak, but I mean, you're right though. He's been in the league for three years. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how that all uh, comes about. Once things do get a little bit back to, to normal, you know, do they find their own? Cause look, I mean, we both know, we watch hockey enough. The routines of all of these players are thrown out the window right now with COVID. It's just like, so, you know, you're, you're getting all of these, um, um, you know, 6-5 games or, you know, like this big swing game there with the Leafs and, and, and Colorado. Maybe there wasn't too many people missing from lineups there, but you get where I'm going yeah. here. Like, there's been some really weird scores and some really w- weird ebbs and flows to the season. And you're going to get <clears throat> that whenever you got this COVID
1: thing that's thrown in. Everything. Yeah, that's a very good point, Mike. It's hard to take these young kids, um, for lack of a better term, struggles to their careers too seriously. Yeah. Because, uh, like, what, two years ago, pandemic started. Uh, three years ago, you know, Kako would have would have broken into the league as a rookie. And then right after that, boom, it's it's COVID, living with COVID. So it's way too early to give up on either of these kids. I'm sure there's lots of reasons still to be excited. If you watch their games, if you watch the, the Rangers exclusively, you'll know better than we will um, that these kids probably still have a lot more to give. <clears throat> it would it have been nice for them to just magically hit their stride right out of the gate, sure. But both of them being 20 years old means you've got a lot of time, a lot of time before you got to worry. And there's so much potential with these kids. Just let it happen. And there's so much potential with your entire team. Just let it ride. And I, I think what Galan is doing with this team is is absolutely brilliant. Let the kids sort of. Have fun and, and figure out their own game with the uh, with with this new NHL. I, I say it's new in NHL because. I feel really like the, this is really a kid's sport now. Like It's really taken over for a long time where it was like if, if you didn't have that veteran presence, your team really wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. Now I feel it's like if you don't have that young core, your team isn't going anywhere. And you still need a, a good balance of the two. But before I think is you needed more veterans than young. I think now that's, that script is flipped where if you don't have the young legs, you're not keeping up. You're, your team's not going anywhere.
0: Just to kind of put it into two words, eh, Marty? Youth and speed, really. I mean, and, and, and I say the speed part, and it really sticks out to me in regards to the defenseman in today's game so you know like a guy like an Adam Fox like a Kale McCart Good I mean I'm so sorry that that Kale McCart goal <sighs> the other night like uh, you know I, I I I know I'm beating oh, a dead man. horse at this point everybody's read it on Twitter seen it like 15 oh, times man. over but my god my god like come on and you know like the Fox can kind of I don't want to say can do exactly the same thing but I mean this is another smooth skater you know offensively gifted and, and the whole nine yards now look I still think that you need to be able to balance that out on your on uh, your defensive yep. end uh, mm-hmm. in regards to having kind of a steady stay at home, kind of your defensive defenseman kind mm-hmm. of guy. You know, I don't think it can kind of be all a run and gun, obviously. I mean, I don't think I'm, you know, uh, re- reworking the wheel here. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's... Like, you have to have that yeah, element. Any sort of... You have to
1: have that element on the back if end. If you go too top heavy on anything, you're eventually going to... You know, someone's going to catch on and they're going to expose you for exactly where your weaknesses are because you've gone top heavy. But if you've got the balance of something, then, yeah, you've really... Now you've really got something special, like... These systems that are running right now with, um, and I've talked about it all year long, where the people have nothing to lose, these teams that have nothing to lose, so they go into it and, and you know, like all of a sudden they're, they're doing really good. New York's a little bit different, though. They, you know, they were kind of expected to do well, obviously be in the playoffs and that kind of thing. They've got some high level players in there and there's no reason for them not to be in the playoffs. But I don't know that necessarily people thought they would be this strong. But that goes hand in hand with allowing the kids to just sort of figure things out for themselves. But they've got enough players on that team that know the difference between constantly just being creative and constantly just having fun and knowing that, you know what, we've got something special here. Let's buckle down a little bit and try to make a real go with this. And I think that's what you're seeing with the New York Rangers. They're a legitimate threat at this point. I still don't think anyone's going to touch Carolina. Carolina is still the number one team in the league, but not far behind is New York Rangers. Well, I mean, and, you know, going over that kind of
0: youth and speed, I mean, we talked about it already with Leffer and Aaron Kako, you know, Cheadle's another one of these yeah. kind of younger players, and, you know, when you when you start to combine that with, you know, guys like Kreider and, and Panarin, uh, you know, you got Fox on the back Zbanejad. end, uh, Zibanejad, like, I mean, the, the, these guys are... When I say veterans, it's not like your grizzled veteran that's thirty-eight, you know, that you know is gonna steer the ship in the right. Like they've got these veterans are guys that are doing damage. You know what I mean? Like this is eighty-point guys mm-hmm. here, Zabinajad and 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 uh, Panarin in particular. But when you've got a guy like a Kreider, he's just kind of adding some uh, a nice element in regards to that physical play. So now you're starting to see a little bit of everything starting to meld together a little uh, a little bit. It's not all offense, 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 offense they're playing well defensively they're playing well offensively too but they've got a little bit of dimension to them there's a little bit of sandpaper there on on some of their lines some of their lines are a little bit you know more of that built for speed so I guess what I'm getting at here with the Rangers is what kind of game do you want to play because we can play it that, that's yeah. kind of the feeling I'm getting from them a little bit now you know I I, I still think that there is a little bit of um, they do need a little to, to kind of get deep into the playoffs here, one and two rounds and start to get deep into that, you know, a third round. I, I'd like to see some of that out of this team. I mean, if they kind of get into the playoffs and then it's a one and done, right? You, you almost feel like you were left wanted uh, or wanting more. You yeah. know what I mean? Sorry. <laughs> like, I, I, like, the, like the way they're built, I just kind of feel that, you know. I think that this is the type of team that could really start to do some damage in the playoffs and I would kind of feel like you, you, where i'm I'm left wanting, I suppose, if they kind of only get in there and it's one and done, right? but at the same time I'm keeping in mind that some of these some of these kids just haven't experienced it yet right
1: uh, yeah that's the thing and experience goes a long way especially in the playoffs any team will tell you that you do need experience going to go deep into the playoffs and maybe having a one and done is exactly what these kids would need and then you know next season they come back in the playoffs again and then boom they run off with it because something tells me the moxie of this team is not going to accept losing on any level and that's just kind of the the sense that I get from watching this team from from reading stories about them or, or seeing interviews with them they've got this sort of this certain swagger that it, it's not there's no cockiness there but there's confidence and they they have every reason to be confident so they can back it up so I don't know I also wouldn't be surprised if they actually do kind of fly through the playoffs and there's and they're a serious team to contend with and, and and you know don't count them out even if they're down three games to none kind of thing so I don't I'd have to say that the, probably the
0: biggest thing, and you could probably say this for any metropolitan team, sure. is to get through that metropolitan division. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking, what, your Pittsburghs, your Rangers, your Capitals, Hurricanes. So yeah. you're starting to get kind of deep here, and you're having to go through a little bit of a gauntlet before you even, you, you know, you start getting out of your own division yeah. a little bit here. So, And I know there's some of the crossovers when it comes to the the seating and stuff like that, but, I mean, generally, you're going to have to go through your own division a little bit, bit and that, metro, that Metro's a little bit of Uh, uh, a gauntlet (laughs) right now oh i think so i think so for sure um so so listen uh, i know there's a couple of things that you want to get to but uh one thing i just really wanted to touch on really quickly uh getting off the getting off the rangers a little bit here is uh the evander kane saga so yeah go ahead all i have all i all, all i have to say about this is how many times you know can the guy make the same mistake I I know he's going to get another chance in the NHL. I, I don't like the fact that he will. I, I really don't. Like, I just, I mean, is it, this guy has proven, it, to, he's proven to me that he just doesn't get do you, it. Do, doesn't, you, do you honestly like he,
1: feel he gets another shot this time around? Do you think another team's picking him up? Uh,
0: I, on, I honestly have absolutely no doubt that somebody's going to take a, a flyer on him. And especially because if that contract is terminated, like, you're starting from scratch, yeah. right? So it's not like this guy's going to get $7 bucks a year there somebody's gonna kind of throw maybe one 1.2 1.3 yeah. I maybe 1.5 I, yeah. I, I don't know I don't know what somebody would throw at him but somebody's gonna throw something I'm at gonna him. I'm I mean, gonna
1: it's, thir- it's it- I don't totally disagree that someone is gonna at least sniff sniff around kick the tires that kind of thing I, I what I'll say is he in my opinion he doesn't play this year and I'll tell you why uh, last year we kind of saw something positive out of the NHL in Tony D'Angelo where was it last year or the year before sorry after no you're right no i think yeah you're right you're right i think it was he he started with carolina this year i believe that's right okay so he didn't play at all yeah last year or maybe he started the season and then the whole the whole bullshit happened yeah and then boom he was gone he went on he cleared waivers nobody wanted him and i think i think that was the beginning of things changing a little bit in the nhl in terms of Owners or, or, or at least the league, realize that listen, our image is is not exactly as crystal clear or as pristine as we think it is in our own minds, and we need to clean up our act a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, the very next year, you know, Tony D'Angelo <laughs> gets a nice little contract it, lower than what he should have been getting had he kept his had yeah. he re- not kept his mouth shut. Sorry, but had he realized what kind of a douchebag he really is, and uh, maybe changed his ways. Earlier. um, But, you know, he's done the right thing this year. He's signed the contract to sort of prove that he still has the game. And he's kept his mouth shut to show that at the very least, he's not going to be a negative distraction. Evander Kane kind of needs to go through that. Um, So I do do feel you're right in the sense that he'll probably get an offer or two. But it, it it really what I at least hope it is. It's not this year, and it's a super low ball deal. Something that he feels like, oh, I'm insulted by this. I I, I can see him being being so arrogant to say like, I'm not taking a nine hundred thousand dollar contract. I'm worth more, and yeah. then just staying out the league altogether.
0: I mean, I I personally would not want to see him in the NHL anymore, and that's just yeah. me. And. Uh, you know, and and maybe that's a kind of a clap back more than anything else and not putting, in, uh, you know, too much thought into it. But I just, I think the guy, like, he, you know, everything from the, the, the brick of cash that he took that picture with uh, there on, to, to everything he's been doing, the whole COVID thing. The guy travels to Vancouver when he's got COVID. Anyway, I mean, I won't go over everything. The but arrogance, to, this it, guy yeah, I mean, carries, it, Exactly, exactly. To me, it, it should be done. Mm-hmm. You can move on. There's better stuff yeah. out there. We know how it's going to go. We know somebody's going to give him a shot. But yes, what I will agree with you 100% is he will have to go. If if he's getting back into the NHL, he will have to get on the Tony D'Angelo program yeah. because he needs to shut everything nice. up even when he's even when he's asked and and we've seen it this year with D'Angelo he's been asked certain questions that even he knows that the reporter is trying to you know get something out of him a little Mm -hmm. bit and he's even said it flat out he's like yeah I'm not going to answer that because I don't think the league would appreciate like he realizes you know the mistake he made kind of deal so if 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 Kane can do it Okay, good. Good on him. Like, I still have my own. I still have my own feelings that I think he should be done. Yep. Like, I just I don't know how many stupid mistakes he can yeah. make, but uh, you know, if he is going to get back in the league, he'll have to get on that program for yeah. sure. For sure.
1: Yeah, I agree, and, and this actually kind of parlay[s] into one thing. One last thing I'm going to talk about for uh, around the league is because um, I think this is going to this is part of the thing you and I touched on a little bit before the show started. How COVID is reshaping uh, the Canadian NHL landscape in that c- clearly the Canadian government and the American government are working in entirely different ways uh, on how to handle yeah. COVID and the fans and the situations. Uh, whereas in, in Canada, you know, we're full on, nobody's allowed to go to the games. And as, a, as an answer to that, the NHL is deciding to, you know, cancel the games or not cancel, sorry, postpone these games and, you know, quite frankly, I don't blame them. Um, I've had a lot of conversations um, on our Twitter feed with a lot of different people about this. And there, there's been a couple of different ideas that, that come out. And um, one actually that popped up and I just thought of it now. I didn't put it in the notes. And uh, I forget who it was who mentioned it, but there's, a, a, there's apparently some rumblings out there because apparently it was out there last year that potentially some of these Canadian teams could be playing in the States. In smaller venues, obviously, but at least they're selling tickets, you know, and at least these games are going off um, and actually being played, so they don't have to be rescheduled further down the road. We saw the Raptors do that in the NBA last year, um, you know. To Mm -hmm. to however you want to measure success, at least the games happened, uh, you know, and and they weren't—they didn't need to stall the season. So what I'm getting at, though, as a bigger picture in this, is how much. Does this affect unrestricted free agents for next year, the year after, the year after signing in Canadian teams? Um, how, how much of a negative push is this? Um, I mean,
0: my initial reaction kind of leans to uh, the fact that I think it'll just stay somewhat the way it is. Like, I mean... Uh, What I mean by that, I guess, is, you know, people who have an offer, let's say from, okay, let's say it's from Montreal, uh, and they have an offer from Tampa Bay. Like, we obviously know that taxes are are a big deal when it comes to something like that. And that's kind of what I'm getting to. I think that they'll just be roughly those same kinds of decisions. I I don't know if the way the Canadian government and the way the U.S. government is dealing with the pandemic, once we get to the... The end game. I don't know if it's going to make that much difference. Having said that, I mean we're talking about over seven hundred players in the NHL, so I, I I think I'd be a little little bit silly to to, to say that everybody would be in the same boat. Mm-hmm. There's obviously going to be some players where it will mean either more or you know, that will be one of the bigger deals of them making a decision.
1: So I think uh, I, I as a think result of overall- all of the divisiveness in this, you're going to see a lot of uh, hockey players who have, f- for better or for worse, ha- have done a, a, a fairly consistent job in, not saying too much. i've I've seen a couple of comments from a couple of players, Hellebuck being one of them, but his approach was more about the Olympics and anything else. And what I mean is they talk about, you know how they feel certain athletes will talk openly about what they feel, which is and isn't the right thing. Should we get facts? Should you not get facts? All that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, when you've got a government that is shutting the entire province down, Forget hockey, that's where you live, right? So if you're being shut down yeah. and you live there, that's going to affect you. So as a player, you take that into consideration. Okay, well, now Toronto's offering, let's say, next year, one of them is Patrice Bergeon. He's, he's a UFA next year. Maybe Patrice Bergeron doesn't want to play in Toronto, not because he doesn't want to play in Toronto, but because the government shut down Ontario, and it affects how he not just plays hockey, but lives his life. So I think that will play a part next year. I think a lot of players will at least take a moment to consider that, whereas the moment didn't necessarily exist before.
0: I I think the reason why I'm saying it that way as well is, and I mean, maybe this is me being super optimistic, super hopeful, but I'm kind of hoping that this is the last super wave, if you will, of this COVID I thing, right? Okay. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping to God that, you know, once the, the, the following next year, uh, next year season kind of rolls yeah. around talking October, November, yeah. that we're starting to really drift away from it. Now I will agree with you. If, if we're where we are right now, then yes, I, I would, I would probably have to, I'll still, I'll still hold to, to what I, what I feel And that is that they would stay close to kind of the same in regards to feelings or whatever the case may be on an individual basis. But I will say that maybe the percentage kind of goes up a little more in regards to the meaning of COVID to each particular case, if you will, if that
1: makes any sense. And I think, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about it because there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good players next year that I would, uh, from a, from a a guy whose favorite hockey team happens to be in Canada. Um, there's a lot of players I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, come, come over to, you know, my team and Edmonton is, I've heard is usually a pretty hard sell as it is. Um, this, this is going to make things a little bit harder, I think. So, (laughs) um, yeah. um, Does this make it even? Does this make it even more difficult? Like you're yeah. saying. So I, I do think it plays a, a little bit of a role, and I think it, I, it's, we'll only really know that as not just this season, um, but obviously the off season progresses and, and we go further and further into it. But um, anyways, I I, I don't want to dwell on that because that's a bit of a a Debbie Downer point. So let's <laughs> we can move right on to the uh, to the oily hab segment because this is, <sighs> okay. You want to get the Habs out well, of the way?
0: Well, hold on. Hold oh, no,
1: sorry, you got you got uh, my I, I uh,
0: no, I, I certainly can. I I was just gonna say, did you want to hit on Mister Jacob Chitren this week?
1: Oh, um, so, sure. I mean, if you really want to, I don't care. Uh, you know, if I I I know I had written it down. Um, well, I know it's something that it's something that we I'm sure we've both been thinking about.
0: We will not take too too the much time on it because I mean about
1: it. To be honest with you.
0: Well, and, and and I think that's kind of why I just wanted to touch on <laughs> it. I think it has more to do more to do with the fact that a lot of people, I think, are quite interested in this kid. And, uh, I mean, there isn't much concrete in regards to any kind of an offer out there. But I do understand, uh, I believe you were letting me know, there has something to do with a, uh, they're looking for a young player, yeah. high-end prospect, and a first-rounder. Yeah. That's so, steep. That you know, kind steep. Of, kind of, well, kind of. Well, no, but that's, I mean... I think I think the reason why they're looking for that much is the fact that the guy still signed for quite a quite a few years here at a pretty Good decent rate. yeah uh, uh, price. Yeah. I think it's four point two five, and I want to say Somewhere he signed in. through. I want to say I think he signed through uh, two thousand twenty four twenty five. So you're looking at like what three years and a little bit here uh, left, I believe that would be on that offer, so or that uh, that contract. Yeah. So I mean, you know, again, there really isn't too much news to. Go on in regards to any kind of offers that have been made. Um, I, I'm not sure if you've heard many teams uh, or any kind of teams that are involved per se. Um,
1: I know that uh, I know that there's a couple of them. So there, okay, so we. Got, I, I'll I'll say this. So it's four point six over the next three years. He's got three okay. years left on his contract. So that is beautiful. And okay. the only reason I say is it's steep, is because of the kind of year he's having only cool. this year. Leading up to this year, I don't think anyone would have sneezed at the concept that he deserves, or the return is deserving of a high-end prospect, a first-round pick, uh, and a young player. I, I think I think that is a legitimately good ask on Arizona's um, position, just not necessarily this year. But I, I do think they get there. I do think, you know, to, to at least start there, maybe they lose one piece because they end up thinking, yeah. all right, fine, we will. Because I don't know, I don't know how much sense it makes for Arizona to keep him. Because it's three more years at four point six. That's part of the lure right now. So you lose that when you go into two years. Maybe maybe you don't get as much. So, anyways. But in terms of teams out there that are you know that are interested. So we've heard uh, the Kings, the Blues, and Anaheim. But I have seen a lot of people from Toronto and a lot of people from Ottawa just clamoring. For this guy, like just begging that listen, this is how you do it. I, I think Toronto's in too much of a cap hit situation that I don't know that you can really make it happen without le- losing too much. But um, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk out there.
0: I mean, I I think what it comes down to, right, is Arizona saying, okay, look, I mean. We obviously, we can all see the numbers. We know he's having a horrible year that way. But I think where it it comes into play is a lot of the teams that are looking at him, and and obviously Arizona as well, I mean, they've seen what he can do and and what he's capable of, right? I mean, at the end of the day, that, that team in Arizona... I mean, I think there's some like ECHL teams that could give them a bit of a go. You know what I mean? So yeah. they're, they're, they bottomed out. I mean, you know, they're taking on contracts from Vancouver that Vancouver didn't even want. You know what I mean? So just to get picks and, and get assets. So yeah. I think what it comes down to is the teams that are going after him, I think they know what they're getting with him. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I know, I know he's got like a minus 34 or whatever <laughs> it is there. It's, it's pretty high. Minus 29. It's up there. Yeah. I think it's close to minus. There you go. There you go. So, I mean, he's right, he's right up there. So, but I, I, I think everybody realizes that it has a lot to do with the team so yeah. I mean when it comes down to it I think they're really again looking at the the uh, the number of years and and that cap hit which is for a young defenseman up-and-coming defenseman is
1: uh, pretty uh pretty manageable not to beat a dead horse but you're, you're right it's because of the team because mm-hmm. I saw a stat today that so today was the first was it today or yesterday mm-hmm. one or the other anyways uh, was the first time Arizona had a, oh, it would have been yesterday, uh, a double-digit lead in a game. It took them 32 games to get there, to have more than two goal lead. Sh- So It's just, I, I mean, it's just a dumpster fire over there in Arizona, barely able to pay, pay their taxes and that kind of stuff. Like, it's just, it's not good.
0: <laughs> now, now, speaking of dumpster fires, right, oh. if Arizona is a dumpster fire, I mean, Christ, what the hell are my Habs now? You know what I'm saying?
1: They're, they're, they're the <laughs> fuel mean, in the dumpster. They're the garbage in that dumpster. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, probably. I mean, look, I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know here. This, con- this team continues to be ravaged by uh, COVID-19. I mean, when they came back off of that uh, Florida trip, they sent everybody home. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Go home. Don't <coughs> don't come back for anything until until we tell you when. So this thing this thing's been going through this team like it's nobody's business. I mean, as a fan of the team, the only thing that there is really to look forward is is the lottery. Yeah. I mean, as it's as it sat when when I started writing all this out, as it sat at that point, Montreal had the worst points percentage in the league. Therefore, in the number one spot, to get their hands on uh, Shane Wright. Now of course I I I just think the way it's going, Montreal would just they'll find a end way. up losing out <laughs> on that find, too. Yeah. I know, man. I know. I swear to god, I, I just have that feeling. They're gonna By go to anyway, tear at the end of the season. Free, <laughs> have, free, yeah, seriously. Like I just I I get a feeling like they'll lose out on that too. But hey, listen, they're still going through the uh, the, the GM search. Yeah. Uh, the names that have been thrown out there have been thrown out there for yeah. weeks. Uh, I believed I believe they have Either they have, or by midweek this coming week, I think they will have talked to Loango, Briere, and Darsh. Yeah. So, you know, I won't, I won't say too, too much more upon that. Other than, you know, I, I do like where they're headed with this. I, I for where the team is at. Yeah. And and we know that, and we know that the teardown isn't finished. Mm-hmm. Might as well might as well have Gorton leading the way. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have the GM title because he's not French. So you're going to get somebody in there that can do the job. And I, I've mentioned this on previous episodes. So I, I, I'm all right with that. I, I don't think it's a bad move at all. And hopefully that individual, Luongo, Briere, Darge, whoever that may be, or someone else, whoever it is, um, Will learn under that tutelage, and exactly you know, we talked about it before, Marty. Maybe a maybe a four or five years down yeah. the road, they end up taking over from Gordon, yeah. and maybe Gordon stays with the organization yeah. in in a a, a bigger role, yeah. you know, whatever that is at that point. But so, I think you're right. I think uh, that look, I that's mean, a great tandem <clears throat> right
1: there. I think I, I think of the concept of having either the Briere or the Luongo, and for whatever reason, lately I've been yeah. feeling the Luongo more than the Briere. I initially was more team Briere, but now I'm thinking having luongo in that position and having gordon right there and it's funny it's funny because i'm because i'm team darsh yeah most people i talk I know, to are darsh yeah it makes the but, most but, sense but, i think but for me
0: well it's just because of the experience he's having yeah. in the front office yes. like the other two the other two have as well but i believe he's been there for both cup runs with tampa base so now, I mean, I, I sorry to cut you no, off no, there no. with the, the, the Briere and the Luongo. I just it was kind of funny that you know even between us two that there were
1: two different kind of
0: ways of thinking in regards mm-hmm. to this. So it'll really be interesting to see who they go I, with.
1: The only reason why I I don't usually lean towards Darce is just because I think of Briere and I think of Luongo and I think the types of people that they've that they are and the careers that they had and what they've done with their careers after the fact. Luongo uh, being part of team Canada, I think was a huge experience for him. And I think he did so well, so quickly with that experience that I think of the passion he has for, for the, for the Montreal Canadians. And I, and I just feel like, you know, some people are just born to do the role that they're given. Uh, Luongo, honestly, obviously born to be a great goalie, which he was, but I think a bigger part of his career I see a bigger play in GM position. And same thing goes for Briere. Um I just think that they they have that sort of pedigree that just sort of demands that position and they they just flourish with it. I really just I just believe that. Um with the small sample sizes that we've seen here and there, because Briere was also he had a front office job in the in the queue, did he not? Is that is that not where he was?
0: I'm not a hundred percent. I do know you could be 100% right with that. I don't know. The only thing I do know about him is he has been with the Flyers front office. Um, and, and I think he, if I'm not mistaken, he currently is. Okay.
1: Well, that's good. I mean, any sort of experience but, uh, is good. But,
0: but, but, having, but having said that, I could totally see him having some sort of ownership, uh, you know, ownership stake or even, like you're saying, a GM or a position with one of those teams in the queue. I could very much see that as well. And that's quite possible after his playing days. And I just didn't latch on to that or didn't notice it. Um, but I do know, if I'm not mistaken, he is with Philadelphia's yes, yeah. um, um, management team right now. And he was
1: appointed to run and, the data to day operations and you know of the upcoming main marine uh, mariners that had been purchased by the flyers owners so he's in line to do a lot of things whether he's with montreal or not so good for him yeah
0: no, I and and you know what? I mean, I can very much see where you're coming from in in the way of that there's kind of that ambassadorship, yeah, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like the name recognition sure. almost uh, kind of comes into play a little bit. like it's not to take anything away from Darsh nope. and the success that he's not had. but uh, but I see where you're coming coming from though it's We've like seen it before. can you you know, look? Oh yeah, like I mean, you, you anybody anybody who's a Habs fan could definitely see Luongo in that Absolutely. position. It's it's a it's a natural kind of. So I, I see exactly where you're coming yeah. from there, it, and and you know what that that's what makes it uh, that much more interesting is how are they going to view it yeah. from from their point of view. Yeah. So so we'll see what they what they kind of. Uh, way is more uh, important to them, and, and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. But you know, there's some good candidates out there, and hey, it's at least something for Habs fans to talk about these
1: days. Yeah, because uh, there's not much. <laughs> and I, uh, I no. and honestly, I, one of the biggest things I look I look forward to once they finally do announce the uh, the GM. Who do you think coaches this team next year? Because it's not Deschamps; it can't be. It's going to have to be somebody <laughs> good. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I
0: really don't have any idea when it comes to the coach. I, I really don't. Cause I mean, everything's kind of happening a l- so quickly. Right. I mean, Bergevin signs, Ducharme, you know, kind of coming into this year. We, but we all know that, you know, Ducharme is a sitting duck in my personal yeah. opinion. I mean, I would be ridiculously surprised if they stick with this <laughs> yeah. guy. And, 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 and what I mean by like, I'm not trying to throw it's him out on, on him. Bus. No. Like he he's. He's He's been in a bad situation, obviously, and, you know, it, it, it kind of made it... Them doing what they did last year in the playoffs almost is making it worse, yeah. right? So, like, i can I'm not saying the guy doesn't have the chops to get it done. I just don't think that it's going to be happening, you know, for that,
1: that team right now. There would be too much over his head throughout an entire season. If, it, if he had to do this again, there'd be that constant you know, Charlie Brown cloud over his head, which is yeah. which, would, uh, which would be the metaphoric representation of the fans constantly beating on him because I think that's what would eventually happen. And you would beat this poor man's spirit to death. So I think it's better for him not to be there next year as much as it is for Montreal. I mean, it... It's, it's that old age adage,
0: right? Like new management team comes yeah. in, coach was not part of that management That's team's right. thought process or philosophy. So most of the time it's inevitable anyway. And, and it's, and it's, it has nothing. It's just, it is part of the business. The new management team comes in and they're like, well, this really isn't our guy. This isn't the guy we would have necessarily yeah. chose. So they're going to go their own direction most of the time. Unless that coach is, you know, got something that is working for that particular team but of course we know if a management team is usually changed up in any way shape or mm-hmm. form it's because the team is not doing well yeah <laughs> henceforth the coach is not not part of a a, a positive
1: vibe if you will um speaking of coaches
0: Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash Tugalag. Or you can follow us on Twitter, where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.